Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 59, and today we are going behind the story. I am your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And our guest for this interview is content creator and streamer, Voivoda Rose. Rose, welcome back to the show, I should say, because you've been on before. Many times before. It's always a pleasure to be here, though. Yeah, uh, I think because you've been on our roundtables, so you've been on, but this is the first time you have been the entire spotlight of the show. So it's all about you today. Nice one. (laughs) (laughs) And as usual, people can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com or in our Discord, or on social media. We are at MyMeta on Twitter, at MyMetaTees on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. We have tons of ways to reach out and, and find us. Um, before we get into peppering Rose with questions, uh, let's start with what's happening in the MyMeta universe. So for this month in March, we have our uh, Studio 77 activities, for those that don't know, Studio 77 is our sort of uh, membership platform. We'll be doing monthly interviews, panels, game nights uh, that will be uh, free to access, free to watch. But for members, uh, there'll be sort of exclusive access and other content from the Mayamada universe. Uh, so for March, we have had our interview with Square Enix production manager, Carla Reyes about her journey into the video games industry. That replay is available on Twitch, should be, by the time you're listening to this, should still be available for another week. But Studio 77 members will have access to that beyond uh, the time it's available on Twitch. So you can check that out. Uh, We also have another panel coming up in March. We'll be talking mental health in video games with a panel that consists of people from gaming charity, gaming the mind, and safe in our world, and the studio Splash Damage. So we're going to be doing that on Tuesday the 30th of March from 7pm, and that's going to be live on Twitch. We're also at some point to be determined going to be doing another games night. We did our first one with Among Us, where I played Among Us for the first time. Uh, Lost a lot of trust in pretty much everyone, (laughs) uh, especially Fazzy, who is way too good at uh, a lying basically <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, at some point we're going to be playing uh, roblox which none of us have any clue about that because we are not 10 year old children i'm pretty sure that's the demographic for roblox but you know uh we're gonna try and figure it out if 10 year olds can figure it out i'm sure we can figure it out i feel that's a good rule for life so uh, i'm confident and then our gamepad online event our spring online event is coming saturday the 10th of april so we are coming with the friendly fire competition where we will be playing well i won't be i'll be watching uh, but people communities uh, and charities from the gaming industry will be playing overcooked courtesy of team 17 brawlhalla and rocket league to be crowned friendly fire champions we'll also have our a lineup of interviews and for the first time a panel discussion i will be talking to stefano petrullo who is the founder of renaissance pr and we will be talking about pr in games and alice winter of playground games about game design uh, we'll also be doing our first panel where i'll be talking with imogen mellar uh, and quang nagoyan to discuss game design quantity versus quality how big do these game games need to be what's the balance between enjoyment of a game and length of a game that kind of stuff so you can check all that out at gamepad online on the 10th of april tickets are free and ticket holders will get exclusive mayamada artwork that will be starting work on this week so it's ready uh, in time and yeah everyone who's got a ticket or if you're in a discord you'll get access to the high res version of that so that's some of the gaming related updates from the Mayamada universe now let's go behind the story with today's guest today we're talking with Vaivara Rose a content creator variety streamer and 
founder of Divine Muses, uh, which is dedicated to women supporting and empowering other women in the fighting games community. I'm excited for this interview because, uh, like Nigel said earlier, we've had you on a lot, but we've never really got to like had a chance to let everyone really get to know you and what you do. So, you know, when did your interest in video games start? Uh, I would say that I've been playing video games as long as I can remember, whether the controller was plugged in. I mean, I'll keep saying that one. I, I don't know about whether it was plugged in or not. Okay. But I think I was playing since I was in nappies. Nice. I think. Nice. <laughs> I mean, you were still interested in the video games, right? Regardless of whether it was plugged in or not. <laughs> it, it's all, uh, thanks to my older brother. He's he's five years older than me. And he's actually the reason why I'm interested in games like Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Metal Gear, and everything else like that. And so I think um, he was like my first like starting point, especially with Metal Gear um, as a whole. That's what led me into having a huge, huge love for narrative-based games. So that's uh, the the origin of it all is uh, siblings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, so you have like background in the United Arab Emirates, right? So did you grow up there or here in the a bit of both. So like I used to spend a lot of summers in the UK and uh, most of it was spent, if you can tell by the accent, it's a bit of a mixture of everything in between, kind of like both there and here kind of thing. It was only t- when I was 13 that I actually was just permanently based in the UK. Hmm. That must have been really, really interesting, have, having that sort of like split. It makes it so everyone uh, makes fun of my accent quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find um, the games culture any different sort of between here and there? I will say with the United Arab Emirates or the UAE for sure, uh, that there's a lot of um, a lot more Japanese imports that would make a lot of people happy from like manga and uh, JRPGs and stuff like that. So there's so much pop culture already floating around there that I, I feel like it's more um, acceptable in that uh, light, if you know what I mean. Because mm. in the UK, it's kind of like, unless you go to Forbidden Planet or Game or such, it's, it's quite difficult to find a huge, huge place of like anime, manga, or anything um, memorabilia like related to like all that stuff. It's really hard to word stuff at this point. but um it's just I feel like it's a little bit more accessible for me while while I was there yeah but even then here it's everything's really far away and you don't really want to travel and not to mention by the time like you're done with like say school and stuff here you know you only have a few more hours left of the day before everything closes well in the UAE everything is open till midnight oh cool (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like fun <laughs> shopping whenever <laughs> I like that yes. <laughs> um yeah and like how does your family um feel about your sort of like you in video games like do they understand what you do I won't say that they love it but they accept it so it, it comes like down to a lot of like uh cultural ties that's for me, as a gamer and having like a huge, huge extended family, they've always tend to pick up on things like, oh, she's a girl playing games. That's not a, like, why are you teaching her to be this way? And I was never like the uh, traditional carbon copy of what I, I should have been due to my culture. So um, it, it's for the extended family, they've always had a lot of input, which then kind of they they will always make sure that my my mom heard of it and stuff like that, which obviously made her unhappy and stressed out. So, kind of just comes full circle back to me about enjoying games even as a kid, even now as a streamer and stuff. Like while they all know that I stream and stuff, my mom's a little bit more uh, reinforced and tough in the fact that she doesn't really care so long as I'm not doing anything that she wouldn't do. If you know. What I mean. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> 
it's been interesting. Uh, I have had some dramas with, I wouldn't say extended family at this point, but more so people of my, my cultural background who know my parents who would like to tell like little porky pies to uh, cause some stuff. But again, it's not anything that goes anywhere. It's just, so long as I earn money from my day job, <laughs> streaming and anything else that I want to do in the day is basically just down to me. You must be like fully dependent on yourself. We're not giving you handouts or anything while you stream. So that's kind of how it's, it's been. They don't really say much about it nowadays. I think a lot of like, there's, like, I know I've spoken to a lot of young people who have a similar kind of thing where family and sort of different cultures don't have that same level of, uh, I guess, respect for video games. So it's a lot of like, why are you doing this? But it's cool that at least to, there's some acceptance <laughs> on some level and, and not like um, you can, you know, you can still do what you uh, enjoy doing. Um, so that's a positive at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should have been used to me not being normal when they found me like <laughs> hanging upside down from the swing set. That's <laughs> telltale sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you started off with maybe playing video games with your brother but at some point you know that extended to making your own content like when did that come about uh when it came to making my own content that actually um started off with more simplified stuff so it wasn't quite youtube and it wasn't quite twitch it was short little videos on instagram of like gaming videos uh selfies and clips and things all, all that kind of stuff you know the the usual stuff that you find on instagram photos of your setup photos of the games that you bought the collector's edition or whatever <laughs> it all starts from there until you realize that um a lot of the the same content floating around is uh just a whole who can flex the most <laughs> uh i think i like since i've always enjoyed games and getting to know it's Sunpai and Ru Kang from Instagram as well. So Ru Kang being from the fighting fighting games community, and you know it's Sunpai from just generally like just gaming and Nintendo and stuff like that. They're both like content creators in their own way. Like Ru Kang is a competitor in the fighting games uh, community, uh, and Sun she was making YouTube videos for a very long time, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I know that when it came. Uh, when it comes to pre-recorded, uh, you know, videos and stuff and uploading them, I wasn't very good at maintaining contact with the camera or, you know, conveying the points that I wanted to. In fact, if I look back at any videos I attempted to record, I look very, very stressed out. The idea of having the content planned, having content planned, you know, a script and everything else like that was just something that I was not good at. I was just, for me, I have been uh, praised for being good at speaking from the heart as opposed to having something just uh, planned out for me. Because when it comes to planned out, me reading stuff, apparently it just, it goes all hazy and I, I can't <laughs> read one. <laughs> yeah, so when I actually started committing to streaming on, on Twitch and stuff, I was on off streaming for about a year or so on, on Twitch. So it was like once every like six months. So it was hardly, uh, you know, a commitment kind of thing. But when it came to going to EGX with It's Senpai in September 2018, kind of like made up my mind about where I wanted to go with content creation and gaming because huge passion and that kind of thing. This was this all predates me actually joining the fighting games community. You know, even knowing Ru Kang predates all of that as well. So it got around to December 2018, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go um, get affiliated. And for a lot of people, they're like, oh, this is so difficult. I actually managed to push through that within a week, and I was affiliated just in time for uh, <laughs> January 2019. So I kind of um, decided that this is what I was going to do, and I started committing to streaming more frequently, and then ended up. Uh, something as that I've learned, especially with streaming as well, and, and you know the the whole act of streaming is that to become a better streamer, you also have to watch a lot of streams as well. And that's something that took me a while to grasp, but it it really did help. So I spent a lot of time in fighting game community uh, streams, 
just watching high level tech in play or just watching just community members across the UK just play the game. And even though that wasn't the content that I wanted to do, I didn't realize this at the time, but I, essentially I was networking. And as I say, this, as I, you know, I say that I didn't realize this at the time, it, they kind of like came back to my channel and they're actually the reasons why I started growing more. So I have so much love for the FGC, even though I don't stream Tekken and MK, I just stream narrative games or at this point, Phasmophobia, which is spooky, but I don't get spooked. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lucky um, you. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, yeah, it, it didn't take long to get affiliated. It was just having the actual hustle, uh, you know, to push for this that I was like, you know what, we're going to do it. And I did that and it was great. <laughs> well, well done for putting your mind to that and achieving it. Because, you know, like you said, a lot of people, do you find it difficult? But I think, you know, you can. You just commit to it. I feel like that's advice for me because uh, I think I need to get the My Matter Twitch going a bit more. So I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a variety streamer, right? Yeah. At this point, I am playing two games from Sega, courtesy of Sega as well, Persona 5 Strikers, as well as Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I should honestly have finished last year, but I am slow. Oh yeah, totally understand that. <laughs> so, like, how would you just define a variety streamer? I think at that point, uh, for for a variety streamer, it's really just not putting yourself in a box. There, there are some things that you do uh, gravitate towards because you know it's it's a niche, and you're always told, especially with variety streaming, that you should commit to a niche so that it helps you grow faster. But for me, when I say that I'm a variety streamer, I I literally do that. I play a variety of games. So as I said earlier, I play Phasmophobia, an early access game, which is actually a lot of fun just seeing all the changes that are happening in the beta all the time. Uh, you know, I play Mario Kart, I play Smash, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I play Yakuza as well at this point. But it's it's not like, I wouldn't say it's not committing to a game. It's you're committing to types of games and you're just rotating them. But I know for other variety streamers, they probably go from like Apex to another uh, game with a high viewership. A lot of the games that I play don't seem to have a high viewership as a, as a general. Like I, I will play retro games just because I want to play retro games. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> and what would you say like some of the pros and cons go in that route rather than like streaming a specific game? Uh, well, if it's streaming a specific game, I can actually use Tekken as an example. But a lot of the times when it comes to streaming just one game, especially when it has a good viewership, like, you know, you can see th through the directory directory of Twitch, is you will get a traffic of people. Even though, like, Twitch has one of the worst algorithms going <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> new viewers and, and that kind of thing. Tekken has a very active community. So if you were to just play Tekken, you would grow very, very quickly. And a lot of people have, uh, like like one of my friends who only recently started streaming, in the last like few months, she's uh, jumped up by 500 followers because that's how active the Tekken community is. And, you know, they will jump from stream to stream, watching Tekken from one person's channel to another, whether it's through raids or whether it's through discovery, through the directory or through suggested you do get pushed up in a sense of, you know, more people will find you and, uh, you know, more new people may commit to, you know, watching your streams. Well, as a variety streamer, it's um, some people will come for the game and not commit to the personality that's playing it. And for a variety streamer, personality is important because that's the thing that carries you. So you need to have a community as a variety streamer that values your personality as opposed to just coming for the game. Uh, if they come for the game, it's fine, but they have to stay for you for the personality. But if they don't do that and they're just there for the game, then it, it, that's where it gets a little bit <laughs> weird. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And there's always like um, a benefit to playing one game, but I know a lot of people who did the partner push based on just Tekken, who then when they switched to games that they actually wanted to play, uh, they noticed that their average of like 70 viewers plus and the, their community that was like considered like regulars and stuff we're not turning up for these other uh games like jrpgs or stuff like that it, it was just not 
their cup of tea and they were, didn't really care. So it uh, kind of does make a difference. But if you start off as a variety streamer, like a lot of people who come to my streams, like rain or snow, they, they, they're usually the same people <laughs> who are just there, there for a good time, there to chill, chat, react with you kind of thing as well. For me, like I know that these people are here for me. So we do more than just uh, play variety streams. We uh, do Discord movie nights as well. And, you know, we play party games uh, as a community as well. Once, you know, you get to vouch or vet more people. So there's more of a community aspect to variety streamers than there is to a niche. Even though you can have a community as a niche, it might hinge on the fact that it's based on the, the niche. That makes sense. And um, what do you have set schedule or playing things by ear? Um, at this point, I'm adopting a schedule. So that's kind of what I prefer at this point because I actually didn't realize that having a schedule is more liberating than I thought. When I didn't have a schedule, I used to think, oh, I should stream today. And if I didn't feel well, then I wouldn't stream. Or, you know, like when you just feel a bit snivelly and like, I'm not going to stream. But now it's kind of like, I will do these streams and then I have the rest of these days to plan other content or to chill or anything else. And it's actually nice to just know that these days are for me to recover. Uh, so I, I'm a schedule person. Okay. And how does your like audience respond to you having a schedule now rather than not having uh, now it's more just like they, they know what I'm playing. So those who are definitely in love with a specific game will like 110% be there, <laughs> like no doubt. So it's, um although I release the schedule weekly, like I don't have a set one of days because obviously it all fits in around my work hours and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything to do with the schedule and the, even, even the games, I announce what games I'm playing that week as well. People who say like Yakuza will definitely just be there because they're like, oh, Yakuza is the best or this kind of thing. But it wouldn't stop them from turning up for, say, another game, even if they weren't very fond of it, because it's still just a chill with me. They, they respond like pretty well, because at least they know like when you're streaming so that they can just arrange the time to just be there or even to kind of lurk, because I realize this um, a lot of streamers should actually remember that sometimes we're someone's podcast that you know they listen to in the background yeah so not all of them are going to be active viewers some of them are going to be lurkers and that's perfectly fine a lot of people want to tune in and use that time that you're just talking and reacting to a game or you know monologuing or running some commentary as just oh you're our you know a podcast we're interested in listening to you but we also have work to do like a lot of people yeah. in my community are still like trying to do their degrees and stuff like that. I never thought of that actually. Probably is like because I was mm-hmm. I was think of Twitch and like, I'm very new to Twitch, but just think of it as just <laughs> like visual. So people are coming there to mm. watch and engage. But yeah, you can uh, you can just have it on and just yep. go about your business. This is why it's important not to call out your lurkers. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. The majority of my viewers are also lurkers. So like literally the majority. Yeah. But it sounds cute, though, when you just say that sometimes you're just their podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, that's fine, because that's how I, like, watch stuff, mm. everything. It's like an interactive podcast. Yeah. And then, you know, you get a moment where you're just like, oh, I need to just, you know, stop working for a bit and just jump and chat for a second and then disappear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're also involved with esports. How did that come about? Well, through invading the FGC, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) So as I mentioned before, like in 2019, I watched a lot of fighting game streams and content creators and became quick friends to a point I was modded in a lot of their channels and then somehow turned into I was modded in uh, some esports orgs channels to moderate, uh, you know, for their their tournaments and stuff. And obviously I was asked and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? because you know I love the FGC and that kind of thing and I loved all the friends that uh, came from it Uh, but it getting involved in esports it was kind of like I was I say invited but I was nudged heavily to come to local tournaments and you know kind of just nonchalant decided to just go Uh, because I I realized I always had Rukang to rely on and becoming friends with so many of 
people through streams and stuff, it was kind of cozy. You get a sense of who some of uh, the people are. But before I even came to one local tournament, uh, and you know, this my, my start of getting into esports, I was um, contacted by Rise Gaming, who I consider like the origin story of me in the FGC because they they welcomed me in so um so vibrantly uh and we're like we want you to be a you know our content creator and so I was like yeah you know what I'm gonna say yes to (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like it was really nice and I did stick with it for a while but I was just like it's it's time for me to focus on my own things yeah it was kind of like really spur at the moment because through just joining the FGC and going to events and stuff and even uh the second half of 2019 uh bringing about Divine Muses uh you know co-founding it with my girl Farsai we I had managed to like go to a few major tournaments like the international like levels of them and I did a lot of FGC photography so I am not someone who can actually play Tekken as I used to due to some nerve damage in my hand, in my left hand, but more specifically, pressing inputs on a control pad is a hit or miss kind of thing. It's not going to happen. But the thing is, I really do enjoy photography anyway. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to test my hand in this. And I became a esports photographer instead. And it was really fun to be around the people that, you know, you hit it off with in streams. And, you know, like, a lot of them were the same in person as they are on stream or in chats and stuff like that. So it was really nice. And just they may like bear in mind, it was a whole bunch of guys. Right. But they made me feel very, very comfy and cozy in the scene. And it kind of um, it felt like I had a whole bunch of like big brothers just looking out for me. So I ended up going to my home country in, you know, in Dubai and uh, as a part of the uh, press team for a tournament called Rocks and Roll. And that was also an international master's event for the Tekken World Tour. So that was awesome. And a lot of uh, my friends from the UK and the UK FGC also went there. So it was like just, it was as if we went on holiday together, just separately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talking of the Divine Muses... Uh, what was the inspiration for you to create your own community? And like, tell us a bit about more about what the Divine Muses are. I will say that Divine Muses came out of um, a lot of like negativity that happened to me uh, in 2019. So I mentioned that 2019 was you know a good year, you know, due to making new friends and that kind of thing. But it was also simultaneously a, a bad year. So during one of the events that was an overall gaming related, it was like, it was just generally a gaming event. It wasn't an FGC event. I had made the choice to meet up with some people from the FGC. And it, this was like not, as I said, it wasn't at the event itself. You know, since I had recently got sponsored, I wanted to just see who else is on like my team and stuff like that. And sadly, I was a victim of harassment. I didn't go public about it for a while. I still attended events after that, but I bottled so much inevitably I did go public and it was something that I had to do for myself around about the time that I went public my anxiety and self-esteem wasn't all that great and around that time I also refused to also let one person run me off from a community full of great people who I grew to love being around so divine muses came out of that so kind of like the whole phoenix type of thing except for not not a phoenix (laughs) Uh, you know, with going public, having passed, I spoke to a friend in the FTC, and as I mentioned prior, her name is Farsai, or her gamer name is, her actual name is Michelle, and she's like pivotal to where this goes next. Like I vented my frustrations, my anger, my sadness, my grief, and she was the like the biggest support I could get. You know, uh, a lot of the guys didn't understand how I felt, and it was kind of like, although they were like big brothers to me, a lot of the guys were, it, it felt very indifferent because they they just didn't understand uh how it is to be a woman in the fgc or to to be a woman in a specific scene every community and i'll say this like 110 percent every community has a dark side none are uh you know exempt from that and that's actually what makes it scary but farsai was 
my support. And uh, it, a lot of me venting my frustrations was to do with a few friends who simply said that's how you know this community is and it won't change. And it really infuriated me, like yeah, with you know, that's how they thought of it, and that's how they saw it. That when we're not asking for the entire format of the tournament to change, we're asking for uh, organizers to make themselves known or to have people that we can talk to and actual actual answers at the event to happen. You know, like actual solutions to happen. It shouldn't be hard to kick someone out of an event, right? If they do something inappropriate, that's just simple as whether it's someone who's disabled, you know, like if someone decides to victimize to or target someone who's disabled, someone because they're a different race, someone because they're a woman, it it shouldn't it shouldn't be difficult for the a TO or an organizer to just kick them out. Mm, it's like basic human decency, right? <laughs> Yeah. So for me, hearing that this is how the community is and I won't change, it really made me look at a lot of people very differently. And while I do still have love in my heart for them, I realized I just I needed to just talk to women about this because I just realized that who else is sharing a story that they've been made to feel like they uh, have to bottle it. And we all want to go to tournaments. We love going to tournaments. We love the people who are there. But one person can ruin an entire experience. And that's what pushes a lot of people out of going to tournaments because of fear, scaremongering. Uh, I was told stuff like, oh, if you're so scared of this guy, why are you still going? And I'm like, because I feel safe with the people that are there. I feel safe with people that are there. Why should I be the one who has to make the choice not to go when this person who isn't just malicious towards me is malicious towards everyone regardless? <laughs> it's just like, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter right i shouldn't be the one who's questioned by people about whether like i should go or not but it's like these events should be made safer more welcoming people keep saying that they want more women to come to events but they don't do anything to make it happen or to make it safer or to make it comfortable so me and farsai uh, after a few silly messages cuz she calmed me down quite a bit uh, we had a back and forth, and she pretty much read my mind. We co-founded Divine Muses together. We created the Discord server. I think the conversation was just like, we should just like, I think I made a tweet to do with, I want to talk to more women in the FGC. <laughs> and then she was like, are we doing a server or something? And I was like, yes. So even though I wasn't like, it was kind of in the back of my mind that we should, but it wasn't something that we had actually uh, discussed before. And it was just kind of like, she just connected the dots and she was like, oh, we're doing this? And I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we co-founded Divine Muses together. You know, we created this server. Um, what we thought, as I said um, to you guys prior to this recording, there was only going to be a handful of women. It, the reality was that it was like 60 plus women in a few days that joined all across Europe. It's more than what most of the European FGC predicted to be housed in Europe. And that's that, that's crazy for us because... A lot of like things to do with say tech and world tour and stuff, Europeans just travel to whichever country for these events so that they can qualify. So we basically um, started putting channels together and things like that in the server to just make sure that we can get to know each other as well as if we see, like we don't expect women to just hang out with just women at events. It was like, while it's for uh, women empowering women and women supporting women it was the fact that at least we know if we know of someone we can just shoot them a message we can find them at the same event if we're all going to an event some of these events are packed out with people it's really hard to find someone uh, unless like you know you know that they're there if you get what I mean mm. it helped kind of like organize more of us hanging out at events you know from people from Denmark and people from UK or uh, Italy as such. It really just helped bring us closer together as well as keep us safer because, as I mentioned before, the organizers weren't really doing anything. So it kind of more became our duty to just make sure that safety in numbers was something to prevent anything like ridiculous happening. Or if anything did happen, that there's always someone that they could hang out with, you know, 
someone to like walk them home to their hotel or you know, whatever that that kind of thing so it's um where it all started was to do with locals and international tournaments and offline so yeah that's uh, <laughs> that's how it kind of came to be it was um it came through uh came from a lot of bad but it's something that uh even a lot of the top competitors from the FGC basically praise a lot and are glad that it is there Sounds like a really good support network to sort of have. You just, you know, there's someone always there. Yeah. And um, you describe yourself as an FGC mum. What mm. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it basically means that if you mess with my children, I'm going to go fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and that isn't just girls, that is boys as well. <laughs> so a lot of like uh, new players are not just, obviously not just women, but they are. There are guys as well. And it's there there have been also situations where they feel like they don't want to be there because of if it you know, whether it's clickiness or as such. And I'm just like, you know what, you can always talk to me. I will make you feel comfortable at these local events especially. I'll introduce you to XYZ. I will make sure that, you know, you know people that you could even if I'm not at the next tournament, you could always speak to this person here, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. Just get to know them, get their names. Even get the number if they, you know, if you want to just be able to stay in contact because these are people that I vetted myself. I was like, I'm taking care of all of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, I have to just make sure that, especially my ladies, that they are, you know, safe and that uh, I'll fight anyone, basically. I'll fight anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you got all your, your younglings that you look after. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so lovely. <laughs> And uh, you're also part of the UYU esports team. What does it involve? What does an esports team do in general? Like, what does that look like? Well, at this point, due to the pandemic as well, but but prior to the pandemic, we had uh, a lot of competitors and a lot of content creators. So content creators, you know, they they do as, you know, we market stuff. It's really hard to explain. As a content creator, we kind of like we have their branding and also their their own sponsors giving us stuff like Astro headsets and things like that. So we do like a lot of like advertising work. We um, like it used to be like event attendance and things like that. It's it's really hard to explain at this point. But um, for esports as a whole, it's a lot easier to, to um, talk about the competitor side because they would send, obviously, their players to whichever tournament, and you know they pay for our travel or the hotel or both, if you know, based on that kind of thing. Mm. But for content creators, we had some of the same privileges. But the thing is, due to the pandemic, everyone's just got the, uh, the everyone is basically in this content creator field and we are focusing on content creation this year as a, as an org so even for uh myself i actually managed to do a collaboration with my sponsor uiu and divine muses for or in benefit to bcrf so we actually did three events in october last year raising money for bcrf and it was um something that kind of hit like two uh two birds one stone kind of thing so with some of these events they featured and spotlighted countries that didn't have as much exposure so we had an exhibition featuring players from the middle east and we had one of the ladies from our uh from divine muses who was on commentary so we actually created a commentary position and role for her you know through basically just doing this exhibition so we started off with our like our (laughs) our commentator from our community at divine muses and we just organized this entire event to kind of like surround her there's a lot of like opportunities for commentary that usually go to like more experienced people and stuff but to be able to get women more experience in commentary you kind of have to create the circumstances for it so it really helped uh you know just having UIU even just attach a name to it, even though they did more than that. They um, put Astro and Quanba and all these tech companies' names to it as well. And it was 
there's so many prizes and giveaways that happened as well, uh, even from ladies in our community. Uh, we did one from Queen of the Hill, uh, which is basically a play on King of the Hill, if you if you guys know that format, which mm-hmm. is, you know, basically a, a bunch of players fighting it out until they get to uh, one final winner who will then face the the essential King of the Hill. And if they can <laughs> beat the King of the Hill, then they become the King of the Hill. But it's a Queen of the Hill because it was also another exhibition that was um focused on another lady of divine muses as well so we've been doing all these like little events like we've like just as i said two birds one stone and then the last one was team uk versus team denmark which had our ladies from uh the uk fgc versus the denmark fgc and that was actually a lot of fun to watch and a lot of uh like (laughs) of our community was in attendance for this as well that sounds like a lot of fun (laughs) Yeah, so I've got a lot of like a TO practice at this point of tournament organizer for online stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's been a wild ride for that because October with three events in three weeks, it, I really felt like I was not like I was just not a happy person. <laughs> you know, just like perpetually stressed out. There was, there was no other words. I was just stressed. <laughs> For an entire three weeks, and then the week after was my birthday, and I'm like, oh, great, now I have to do a long stream. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not even uh, hyped for your birthday either, you're just like, okay. Just like, oh, no, more energy <laughs> needs to be spent. <laughs> yeah, I spent most of it just broadcasting, uh, though, so I got a lot of um, new skills thanks to just uh, this opportunity as a whole. So not just like creating opportunities for uh, women commentators or you know uh exhibitions that surround one uh one top player because queen of the hill i actually will mention a bit more but that was featuring kenya's top tekken competitors uh more specifically queen arrow who has also joined uiu as of recent nice talking of skills how much of what you do as a streamer or an east is self-taught so much of it um even from broadcasting and stuff like that i did have some help from uh some teammates but it was more so they were just telling me what the uh what to do and then i would still have to do it myself (laughs) so it was all just like trial and error type of things uh i mean for the first exhibition i did get some constructive criticism to do with audio checking and stuff like that and it was just Oh, we'll try again and we'll do better the next time. And, you know, eventually the more you do and the more you try your hand at it, the better it will get. Mm. So, and even as like a a streamer as well, uh, a lot of the things that I've learned from streaming is either being firsthand experience or through just even through my uh, day job as a marketer. So it's, it kind of like, it comes from there as well. I think when it comes to streaming though, the only thing I can say is don't overcomplicate it at the beginning. The best advice I can give you or give anyone for streaming in particular, not not just broadcasting, but just streaming, is that people need to learn how to fill in the the silence. And it means if your chat is dead, it's okay. You need to just learn how to keep talking and uh, fill in the silence because you only have about 15 seconds to... Uh, keep a, a, you know, a new viewer if they pass through <laughs> yeah uh, it's actually more of an art form at this point and I think a lot of people uh, are like over complicating even that they're like oh you need this to be a streamer and I've seen this all over TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that but the most simplest and best advice is literally just learn how to keep talking mm. I, I've seen like a lot of those TikToks and you know how how to streamer in the world da, 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 da. <laughs> and you know ultimately they're just like little tips that could work yeah. they're, they're like um aesthetic stuff or how to add more interactivity but the first it's like the fundamentals if you don't have uh, a good foundation there's no point adding all these quirky little things on top of it i think it's just finding your own groove right i know i know streamers that don't talk and still get views oh, yeah. like it's just about finding what but I think it's a lot harder for newer streamers. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, I've got a few friends who are trying to do the affiliate push now. And I'm just like, 
I'll help out as like as much as I can by uh, lurking in chat and chilling and typing every now and then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like things that I notice and we'll try and even like just remind them that you have to, even if it's running like a self-commentary, a monologue of some sort, you, you have to just fill in the, the, the dead space, basically. Find your groove. <laughs> so a bit about like the games industry and your future plans. So obviously everyone's just been indoors and working from home and it sort of caused like streaming and content creation to like really blow up. And like I've definitely noticed more people were streaming and even more people are watching. Do yeah. you see this like continuing um, even after lockdown has eased? I I really don't know because I know that a lot of people who've been getting into streaming and stuff, they're actually like really good at it. So I'd be like, are you going to stick around? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're new to it. And it, it's kind of like it's really refreshing to just like see some of these new streamers and what they bring to it because... They're just like, well, I don't, you know, due to the pandemic, I've lost my job or this, that and the other, or I can't do, you know, anything else. So, but it's like, some of them are just so good at it that you just like, are you going to still be here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quit your day job, over? just stream. <laughs> just stream for me. Yeah. Be my personal entertainment. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I've, yeah, there's a lot of really, really awesome streamers that have sort of come out of of the unfortunate events and for you personally what would you like to still achieve as a streamer or a content creator well um when it comes to streaming and as a content creator I am still learning to like organize myself a lot better so while I have a schedule now it's about having like the to-do list of things to edit (laughs) and editing is the bane of my life things like that but when it comes to actual (laughs) when it comes to actual content and stuff like that uh i am working on a pokemon event which is going to take a different take from regular uh vgc types of um tournaments that are going on so mine is more it's going to be a unique take but i'm now not sure if or what I should really do with it with the new Pokemon remakes on the way. <laughs> so I'm just like, what do I do? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've got uh, a lot of ideas. Just have to actually organize them into parts to get not just like, not just have the broadcast done. You have to have all the scenes, the overlays, the transitions, uh, everything else to do with it. Because I'm trying to do more of like the... Uh, high production value now mm-hmm. <laughs> I realize it's kind of like what it is but then you also need the macros for everything changing all at once kind of thing it's just self-teaching myself so much stuff <laughs> just to be able <laughs> to uh make a more advanced like scene change as well yeah so much it's uh it's chaos and so as someone that has you know, uh, really connected a lot of women in the um, FGC communities. How do you think we as an industry can get more women into esports? I think uh, with getting more women into the industry and into esports, it's like having more like women-led initiatives to start with. But then there's also things like creating a, not just a safer space for uh, just women, but for every like a uh, minority uh, marginalized group so whether it's disabled people people of color as such to be able to know like if there was an incident at an event because you, you can't prevent everything like there's only so much that can be preventative but to know that they can complain to someone and that real actions and consequences will come out of you know them saying something and speaking up to make it so that they feel like they can and they would still be safe a lot of uh what i said earlier um to do with the women-led initiatives as well is that not every person is um a leader if you're right uh some are more than happy or comfortable being followers so you do have to have a lot of people just setting uh the, the new standard for people to be like yeah this is exactly what i wanted but they wouldn't do it themselves but this is what they want. <laughs> yeah. It's um, not just not just women, but 
a whole bunch. We have, um, I met someone in a previous org that I was in who, her name is uh, Taki. Oh my God, hold on. Let me find her name. <laughs> her name's Emily, but I need to find her actual gamer name. So yeah, her name is Taki Meki Emily, and she is a disabled gamer, and she is trying to push for so many initiatives to uh, make gaming more welcoming for you know disabled people as well as her also being you know a, a woman as well. So it's like there's so much that uh, she as a leader is doing, and this is why she's actually very. She's considered like how I'm considered a community leader in the FGC. She's also considered a community leader for the fact that she is brave enough to try to be a leader. And there's a lot of people who follow and are supporting her and echoing and signal boosting everything that she says and does. So we're we're hoping that, you know, the more, even if it's more women interested or more women contacted to be invited to more events, uh, that they, we kind of like create a new path. <laughs> it's really difficult to just find one solution to bringing more women to you know not just esports but to gaming events it there's so uh there has to be so many things that go on simultaneously for to create the right conditions for it a lot of what's happened with uh women not wanting to come is due to uh scaremongering and horror stories and a lot of that is uh what kind of feeds into our like anxiety as like a collective that oh maybe we shouldn't come here but it's not that we shouldn't come here this is a space for us it's not a space for people who have these uh ill intent to be malicious or as such it's our space i'm taking it back <laughs> yeah um some some good advice and and like i don't know i feel like more people need to be listening to this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah What's your view on esports being included in future Olympics? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> we will not say anything on this one. <laughs> yeah, I kind of go back and I kind of go back and forth. I don't know what how I feel about it. I feel I like neutral. Does it need to be in the Olympics, or does there need to be a separate its own? Yeah, yeah, like an esports Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> In the Olympics, oh god, yeah. I take that back. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't come don't at me for that. <laughs> oh no! Um, uh, I just want to ask a uh, couple more sort of like general questions um, before we lead on to sort of um, some advice and then some questions from Nigel. Uh, and it is, what do you wish more people knew about your role? Or any of your roles, I suppose. Um, that's a really tough question. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those questions that kind of makes you think, because it's like, because um, you know, like when people do a certain role um, and from the inside kind of you know what's involved but then people outside who don't necessarily do it not and not even necessarily in a bad way but they don't understand kind of what you do to make the thing happen okay so i do have something for this one this day <laughs> the thing that uh, a lot of people like either misconstrue or misunderstand about what i do as not just like a content creator it, but as like a community leaders and stuff like that is that there is more to streaming for a lot of us than just hitting the go live button uh, that they just think that, oh, it's uh, simple. And it's not obviously everyone. It's, you know, a small minority of people and even uh, some regulars who actually may just feel that way. But we do a lot to maintain um, our communities and stuff, a lot to make people feel welcome, a lot to plan activities as well. and. Even if it is just like watching Jackie Chan Adventures in our Discord server, uh, educating some of the young ones who've never seen Jackie Chan Adventures. Fun. Oh my God, I need to go back and watch them. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> love that it show. Is, it's still activities that, um, that we, we plan, you know, to keep people engaged, especially during the pandemic. Because while we're not trying to be, you know, 
people's therapists. We're still trying to keep people uh, and their spirit and mora- like morale up high because of the fact that this pandemic is so depressing. So we arrange activities. We have community days and stuff like that. Uh, we have times where we just chill out in voice chats and just talk. But a lot of this helps some of like the newer viewers and not just the newer viewers, but a lot of our community to basically not feel so much alone, if you know what I mean. We are all like, you know, being prevented from seeing loved ones and things like that. And people just think that, oh, all you do is just go live. And I'm like, it's really not. We do a lot to just make sure that the people in the community that we're raising as streamers are doing well. There's been times where I've had to sit down um, big donators and big gift subbers because there is something that I notice a lot that people, not all people do, but some people do when they're very depressed is that they they treat streamers like, like, like a mirror. So if they see that the streamer is happy, they will also bounce back that energy kind of like they, they, they act like a mirror basically. So they think that the donos and the bit like the, you know, the gift subs and stuff like that, well, not even they think they, they you take that energy and then they use it to become happy. But the thing is like, when we sit down these, these people, we have to remind them that that is a short term dopamine fix. Mm-hmm. You need to actually find stuff that actually makes you happy. And it's like, you don't always have to be in our streams. I understand if being in our streams does make you happy. But I'd rather that you spend that same amount of money that you did on those crazy gift subs on a game that we could play together. And we can make an activity out of it. <laughs> because those memories will last longer than you just uh, saying, oh, this is how she reacted to my uh, my gift subs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like having actual memories and experiences and things like that while you're actually being happy, you know, because you got that interaction that is probably doing a lot more for your mental health than just throwing money at someone. Mm-hmm. So when I say that we're not people's therapists, there are some times where we have to just have the real talk. <laughs> so. Yeah, not people's therapist, but we can be people's friends. <laughs> Yeah, I like you couldn't see me nodding, but I was nodding the whole way uh, through that because <laughs> recently had to have a very similar conversation about you know my happiness not being <laughs> a solution to, to other people's yeah. unhappiness. Because yeah, the moment the stream's off, it's like, what happens? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in each interview we have, we do ask our guests to give advice for aspiring creative professionals. Um, so as we're talking games today and content creation, what advice do you have for our listeners who may be thinking about starting to make their own content creation content or getting into esports? Uh, okay, so for content creation in particular, the advice that I actually have for people is that just start it whatever you put on youtube or on twitch it doesn't have to be perfect the fact is that you have to start putting like and setting your uh what is it you have to create the habit of you streaming and you doing something or whether it's creating content for youtube even if it's bad even if you hate the edit like you don't have to upload it if you hate it but it's you have to start you can't just wait for better uh conditions a lot of the times everyone's first video on youtube is terrible everyone's first stream is terrible the quality the bitrate whatever there's always going to be issues but waiting for something else including being like oh i'm just gonna get a better pc first it's not always the answer uh or getting other things to, I don't know, make the quality better. The content is all you. There, just because you have like a fancy PC or say, uh, you know, a professional video editing software with all these motion effects and everything else like that, the content is still dictated by you. If you don't have the content to put in there, you, you, it's just going to be a video that's not worth watching with effects. 
you got to put yourself out there to learn what you want to do with your content. So everything is trial and error. You have to just try and put yourself out there. Because there is that saying where, you know, if you don't try, you will never fail. But failing is how you learn and grow from it. If you just don't try and you don't fail, you don't learn anything from it. You just, you just exist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish I could word that more succinctly, but I can't. I understand what you're saying, so I'm just going to go with at least some of our listeners will understand what you're saying. I mean, they have to put up with me, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm sure that that, they're uh, get the gist. (laughs) Yeah. So just a quick reminder to let our listeners know that you can give us your feedback on the interview and let us know what you think at feedback at mayamada.com. So now I'm now going to throw you over to Nigel, who's going to add some bonus questions. Uh, You know what? So sometimes in our bonus round, I just like throw in questions or uh, random thoughts that don't quite fit in the interview. But uh, I just yeah, just want to kind of like reaffirm like what you said about just making spaces more inclusive. I don't even have that much. Partly, you actually answered a lot of the questions I was going to ask. That's also <laughs> that's also the sneaky, reason. Sneaky. But yeah, <laughs> no, but I do like what you said about kind of yeah, making spaces more welcoming. Um, and then I also wanted to mention uh, we were talking before uh, before recording how uh, Rose has some kind of um, prophetic words because there was a time I'm pretty sure it was before the pandemic when uh, she was joking about me streaming Animal Crossing um lo and behold that happened and now become Nigel will be playing Yakuza 0 soon confirmed <laughs> pretty much I, I wouldn't even doubt you <laughs> so, like I can't even my hands like starting to type in amazon.com um to get that game but but no just interesting like you talk about streaming and i think what you were saying about the misconception about it it looking easy and not that i thought that before but just having done more of it it's just there's a lot to it and i think oftentimes that when something looks easy people think it's easy to do and it's actually usually it's it's the opposite if it if it looks easy and effortless it means a lot of work has gone into make it look that way so that other people can enjoy it so and then I don't even know, like, yeah, I might have to sort of pick your brain another time, but just about sort of offering opportunities for people because you kind of even hit on something that uh, I've also been thinking about in terms of, I think you're talking about like commentary and, and um, sort of letting more women commentate on sort of uh, games and like as part of what we do for Gamepad is like um, offering opportunities for young people to sort of work in a sort of get work experience basically and and oftentimes it's young people who like we're talking college age so it's usually the first sort of time working in a sort of professional uh, environment but yeah just offering different um, roles within our event and one of them is like commentary so we have uh, we've got this uh, young uh, guy Umar who has been commentating on some uh, of the matches that we've done as part of our friendly fire but yeah i was just recently thinking about more women right right uh getting more women involved in commentary and opening the opportunity yeah just because I, I feel i don't know yeah i just feel like just give more people opportunities if that's the kind of thing they want to do like yeah. i am a so i'm i'm a big football fan um and i'm not going to turn this into a football podcast i could but i'm not um you keep and, sneaking it in stop yeah, sneaking yeah i do i do then. it's like yeah it's, it's now i have it but so like recently some things that i've i've been seeing is like more female commentators and it's like when i was first hearing it it's it's weird and i don't say that as a bad thing it's just because i'm so used to hearing men commentate on games <laughs> that becomes oh, yeah. a standard so like when i was first hearing i had to sort of like check myself like oh this is weird but it's not bad it's just it's just different than what i've used to used to hearing and i feel a similar thing like with esports i assume most of the commentators are are men <laughs> um so it's like yeah how can we give different people opportunities to do things that they are wanting to do and are good at doing so yeah no real kind of um kind of questions just yeah thank you for kind of sharing that experience and it's giving me some things to think about 
Yay, food for thought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely food for food for thought. So yeah, um, I guess actually the well, the one thing I do have to ask is where can people find you? Uh Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram with the same uh, uh, slash Voivoda underscore Rose. <laughs> We'll make sure to get all those links in all the show streamlined. notes. <laughs> yeah, I do like that sort of consistent branding uh, in that. So that's really cool. But yeah, no, thank you for thank you for joining us and sort of giving us your kind of insight and your experience in like content creation and esports. Hey, more than happy to. Um, and that has been our show. But before we wrap, I've also forgotten to mention something up top. But Tazzy, you also have some things that you're working on that people should know about um so i am one of the five finalists for games next gaming influencer um and there is the final event which is going to be live streamed on the game digital page i believe (laughs) um and that's on the 20th of march so i would love if everyone could come and support me and uh yeah i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping to win because i mean that's what you do right when (laughs) (laughs) when you end something um but yeah no i'm just really really honored to even just be one of the five finalists so yeah yeah so yeah well that is uh, awesome that is so we'll be talking about this uh as you're listening to it you've got two days i think when this episode goes out so but we'll kind of put it in the show notes but we'll like when we send out the episode online we'll um yeah do what we can to point people in your direction and uh hope that you yeah <laughs> you win that uh just because and also for pretty much the majority of the reasons that we've just spoken about <laughs> in this podcast so look forward to seeing that um and yeah um look forward to seeing people at future episodes so if you have enjoyed this episode of story x story make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes and you can also go back to the previous 50 episodes uh and listen to uh the kind of things that we talk about so you can also if you are a fan of manga uh we my matter uh, and me because i write them <laughs> we make manga from our own universe of characters and our latest one serious through the fog is currently in production which means i am kind of uh, going through iterations versions of the script before we get it um, illustrated and sent out to our kickstarter backers and then making it generally available along with our other manga titles that are currently available at mymatter.com forward slash manga and uh, we've been speaking gaming so our gamepad event is april 10th you can join our gamepad discord before then and also consider becoming a studio 77 member uh, for exclusive access to gamepad events activities and content from the maya matter universe um in general stay tuned for more podcast episodes including creator interviews like this one video game discussions like this one and and deep dives into stories across pop culture you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned and stay safe everyone (laughs) 